morning. That was a beautiful song, wasn't it? I am the 99th lamb. You're the 99th lamb that Jesus loved so much that he was willing to leave the, the 99 to go out for that last lost sheep and bring it back to himself again. That's a beautiful, beautiful song of what the Savior has done for each and every one of us. Shall we open in a word of prayer today? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the word of God before us this morning. And we pray by your Holy Spirit that you'll have a portion for each heart that we can take with us for this day and for this week and be challenged by it, to be encouraged by it, to be blessed by it. And we pray, Lord, that you'll put me behind the cross, Lord, under the shadow of the cross, so that you will be glorified today and you will be seen. And we just commit it to you, Lord Jesus, and pray for your help and leading. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It was really amazing when I saw the song that Randy had uh, put up because he, he chooses the songs on Sunday and I see him for the first time when he puts them on the thing and then I look up in the book which number it is and so forth. And when I saw that song, I said, okay, the only person that knew what I was speaking on today was Shelley because last night we were talking about it. And I said, okay, Shelley told you right what I was speaking on today. He goes, no, not at all. And I said, that is amazing because I was not only... This does it go with the message, but I was thinking of that very same song. And our subject this morning is sacrifice, a commitment to sacrifice for the Lord. And in that song, it says, what will it cost me to follow the Lord? What is the price of a life that's restored? If I am willing to walk in his way, what is the price I must pay? And that answer is very sobering, everything. Not some things, not most everything, not give your heart 99% of it, all to the Lord. And may the Lord challenge us today to be those who are willing to make sacrifices to serve Him. Times when it's not always easy and convenient, but to make that sacrifice for the Lord and for His people. And He will bless us tremendously. Not only here on earth He's going to bless us, but He's going to bless us with rewards in heaven forever and ever. There was a story told in the Daily Bread, and I love to read this Daily Bread. It's great. It's on the Internet. You can get it on our website or you can subscribe to it at home. And there was told this, this month about a lady named Jennifer. And she had been reading about some real needs in, in society, about women who were depressed and who had lots of problems with alcoholism and reliance on prescription drugs and all these things. And she was a Christian lady, and she said to the Lord... So, Lord, what are you doing about it? And it was like the Lord came back to her and said, what are you going to do about it? And as she started thinking about one, some of the reasons that she didn't get involved in helping people and, and serving like this, she sought some reasons that can be maybe some of our reasons too. Shyness, fear of getting involved, lack of time, a cold heart. And it's quite a, quite a list. And as she finished up, she was ready to go off to pick her kids up at school. And it was cold, so she put her coat on and she reached out for her gloves. And at that moment, she saw those limp, lifeless gloves. And then she realized when she put her hands into the gloves that that's what made the difference. And she said, Lord, that's what you want. I'm the gloves, you're the hand. And all I have to do is sacrifice myself and surrender to you and you will use my hands to serve you. You will use everything that I have. And we are humble and without the Lord, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
And so we can ask ourselves this morning, are we willing to pay the price and give everything to Lord and be willing to make sacrifices for Him in that way? Let's read just one verse this morning from Romans chapter 12. You probably don't even need to turn to it because it's such a familiar verse. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans 12 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I have every single verse in that chapter highlighted. I mean, every single one. And it is such a blessing. I like to highlight my Bible in yellow. And sometimes you see the whole thing yellow and you say, wow. But it's a blessing because the Word of God is rich. And this verse stands out as such a great encouragement and challenge to our lives. Romans 12.1 says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing toward the end of the letter. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or your spiritual service of worship. You know, God wants to make you and I living sacrifices, not dead sacrifices. He wants us to be living sacrifices. In the Old Testament, what they used to do is they used to take the animal, they'd slay the animal, then they would take that as a dead animal, present it to the Lord, shed its blood and so forth. It was a picture of Christ dying for us on the cross. But now for us who are living after the cross, after we've been saved, he says, now you're not dead sacrifices, you're living sacrifices. The Bible says once we were dead in our transgressions and sins, but now you've been made alive in Christ Jesus. And we are made living sacrifices. And as we grow up and mature in the Christian life, you find as you grow more in the Lord, God is going to ask you to make some sacrifices. Now, he starts us off easy with little sacrifices, little things that he asks us to do. And we do that. And then he gives us some more difficult things to sacrifice for him. And then we do that. And then maybe he gives us some very difficult things to do. But God is so loving and He doesn't ask us to do more than we're able to do, but He wants us to sacrifice to Him everything that we have. And when we do that, it'll be a tremendous blessing for us and also for those that we minister to and serve. And today we just want to look at three simple points, but they're very convicting to me. Three simple points of what He wants us to sacrifice. Number one, our time. Number two, our effort. And number three, our money. These three things God is asking us as Christians today to make sacrifices in these areas. And it's challenging. It's convicting. But may the Lord encourage us greatly today as we meditate on the subject of commitment to sacrifice. You know, each one of us are given the same allotment every week. 168 hours. Sometimes that seems like a lot when you think about that number, but a lot of times we're sleeping about eight of those day, eight hours a day times seven days. So that takes a lot of them right there. But under our living, waking hours, he wants us to be willing to give up as much time to him as possible and to spend time with him and to encourage others. You know, it's so sad when you hear people, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm just killing time, just killing time. There should be a law against killing time. You should be put in jail for killing time. It's, it's just almost as bad as killing a person to kill time, to waste those precious moments that are here and then are like a vapor. They're gone and you can't get that moment back again once it's been wasted. Squandering, wasting it. Some people just say, well, I'm just passing time, just passing time. Bored with life. 
But you know, Christians, we should never be bored with life. We should always have things to do. We can always pray. We can always read his word. We can always witness. We can always be around people and encourage them. And we should never feel like we're bored and have nothing to do. We should use our time wisely as stewards of the grace of God. It's amazing, though, how busy our lifestyle gets. And I am the first to admit I am very busy. And I'm sure you are, too. But it should never become an excuse for why we can't serve the Lord, why we can't sacrifice for the Lord. Because if we all said the same thing, I don't have time, then nothing would ever get done for the Lord. It never would. Because we'd always have something else that we had to do. I've got to do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. Nothing would ever get done for the Lord. But may the Lord encourage us to use our time as wisely as possible and be willing to sacrifice our time for the Lord. Someone said it in a very wonderful way. Our days are like identical suitcases, all the same sizes, but some people can fit more into them. You know, this reminds us when we go on vacation, Bill always teases me, always teases me about the not the size of my suitcase, but what I can get into that suitcase. And I'm about the only one that can lift it very heavy. But I, I prepared, you know, I'm prepared for everything I'm going to do on, on vacation. But you know, our time can be like that. If we prepare correctly and use our time wisely, we can really do a lot of things for the Lord. But, you know, it might mean turning off the TV sometime. It may be willing to put aside things that we like to do, hobbies and things that we can actually use more time for the Lord. And when you really get it down to its basic element, there's time, but we just don't see it. We don't look for it. We don't take advantage of it so many times. But the real question is, am I willing to sacrifice myself so much as that I can help other people? So many times, if everything's good with my family and I'm, everything's good with the house and the job and everything's going well, we're just sitting there so content in ourselves. someone around us could be hurting. Someone around us could need prayer. Somebody around us could need a telephone call or a meal to be delivered. And we need to be sensitive to that. And it's all about time. It really is about using our time wisely. On Friday night, I was so incredibly blessed. You know, normally Gina and I have the uh, group, the, we call it now the career group. We used to be the uh, youth group. We matured. We moved from the youth group. Then we became the college career group. And that lasted quite a while until Natalie graduated. took her a while. But once she graduated, <laughs> she was out of the college career. So now we're just the career group. We really are. And it's, it's wonderful. But we had on Friday night over to my house, to my garage, I should say, workers. And they were the young ones. They were the, the new youth group, the new high school, college age. And it was so much of a blessing to see how they worked together in harmony and love. And they, they got all these things done. They got paint on themselves, but they didn't get any paint on my garage or anything else. And it's amazing. They did such a great job. And then after... We got all done with the projects of getting ready for the Oktoberfest. That's what they were getting these things ready. We keep them in my garage. Then Greg gave us a devotion and his topic was on service. And he was using them as a living example of servants and how they came and gave of their time. And each one had so many wonderful things to share. I was just so blessed. I called Sylvia. I said, this group is wonderful, you know. And I said, they are young people that are grown up in the Lord, grown up in the assembly, and they're going on for the Lord. And it was incredible. It was just a real blessing. And one of the brothers was sharing how 
when he heard we were going to be painting and doing this, he says, well, I, I had a tough week. I'd rather be out doing other things and having fun. But once I came and started working on it, I said, this is a blessing. And he got a great blessing out of it. And we all did. And it was just fantastic. When you sacrifice for the Lord, anything it is, and you do it with him with a good motive and a clean heart, you're going to be blessed so tremendously, you're going to say, what sacrifice? That really wasn't that much of a sacrifice, what I gave up. Because the Lord gave me something so much greater than I ever gave up. Yes, let us devote our time to the Lord. But how many times have we ever said this? Somebody asks us to do a favor or an errand or, or something, and, and you either say it or you think it, I can't do it. I can't do it. And yet, then the Lord, what does He do? He convicts you. He convicts you. You can't rest. You can't relax on your sofa. You can't enjoy yourself because you know the Lord wants you to do something. And until you do it, you're not going to be happy. Think about Jonah. When the Lord asked him to go and preach at Nineveh, did he want to go? He didn't want to go. He said, I'm not going to go. And he took the next ship uh, out of town, out to Joppa. And he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And what did the Lord do? He brought a great fish whale or whatever you want to call it, to swallow him up in conviction and keep him in there for three days and then spit him out. Guess where he was? Right on the shore where he was supposed to be in the beginning. And so many times in our lives, if God is convicting us to do something, to sacrifice something for him, we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be fulfilled until we do it. And that's when the Lord is really working on us. So many times we think, why couldn't somebody else do it? I'm so busy. Why don't you give it to somebody else who's got time to do it? But you know, Sylvia once said, and it's so true, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it. You know, it goes against human nature altogether. You know, you think a busy person, well, they've got too many things already. But guess what? That busy person that's well organized is going to get it done for you. Whereas the other person, lazy, he's not busy, he's just sitting there or she's just sitting there, they're not going to get it done at all. But give it to a busy person who's got a full plate and they'll do it. And they'll do it heartily for the Lord. Yes, the very nature of our sacrifices for the Savior is a blessing for us. There was a man named Charles Hummel and he said this, our greatest danger in life is permitting the urgent things to crowd out the important. Now, think about that for a second. I'm going to say it again. The greatest danger in life is permitting the urgent things to crowd out the important. You know, every day we have to prioritize and every day there's an urgent thing. I know in my job, everything is a rush. Got to have it tomorrow. Got to have it. Got to have it. Everything's got to get done. But you've got to prioritize it. Don't let those things that are like urgent take precedent over something that's really important. And what could be more important than sacrificing for the Lord and serving Him. There's nothing more important. Jesus felt it was so important that He sacrificed His very life for you and I on the cross. He went all the way to the cross and He died for us. He paid the ultimate price of sacrifice. And how about me? Am I not willing to sacrifice even a little bit for the Lord? It's challenging. It's convicting. But it's also encouraging, as I said, at the same time. Because when we make that living sacrifice for the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my time today. I'm going to do it for you. You are going to be incredibly blessed and so thankful that he did that. So not only is it important for us to sacrifice our time, but secondly, it's important for us to sacrifice our effort. 
Now, this is where it gets a little more challenging and convicting. God wants us to be hard workers for him. And so many times we do get tired. We do get weary. Our jobs take a tremendous toll on us through the week. I mean, we do. We really do. But when you serve the Lord, it re-energizes you. You know, it's better than the Energizer bunny. It's better than the Energizer battery. To serve the Lord will energize your spirit and give you a youthful spirit better than anything else. It really is. And you'll find that people that serve the Lord and sacrifice for Him daily are the happiest people around. Because they're not thinking inward of themselves. They're sacrificing. They're thinking outward of others. They're taking their minds off their own issues, putting it on to other people and saying, how can I help that person? Well, yeah, but you're hurting. You've got a back problem. You've got pain. You've got illnesses. You've got issues of your own. You've got to take care of that, don't you? God will take care of that if you serve Him, if you sacrifice for Him. He will make all those blessings come to pass in our lives. Yes, I thank the Lord for all the people that volunteer in our assembly to work. You know, when we ask for volunteers, Jim Hyde says on Wednesday night, we need some men to help. Or we need some women to do this and and do that. It's wonderful that we don't have to beg people. Because God is not in the begging business. He'll never beg you. He'll never beg me. He he puts out the request. God asks us to do something for Him. But He'll never force you. He'll never twist your arm. And if you don't do it, guess what? God will get give the job to somebody else. And guess what? You'll lose a blessing. I'll lose a blessing if I don't do it. And it could be little things too. It could be little sacrifices we make for the Lord as well as it could be bigger things. But when we do it with, like I said, a good heart, a good spirit, we will be so tremendously encouraged. But as I said before, God doesn't always ask us to do things that are easy, does He? Because He wants to test our faith. He wants to test our commitment. And so he gives us things sometimes that are not easy to do. Uh, They're time consuming. They're unpleasant. They're difficult. And God asks us to do it. And when God asks us to do that, sometimes the first thing we try to do is think of an excuse why we can't do it. But Lord, I can't do it. But when we finally get to, as we said before, to that place where we say, yes, I will, God gives the grace in such a way that it's a tremendous blessing. I know Mike liked, likes to tell the story about when he first met Ginny. And they were all cleaning the, the apartment this, they were moving out of. And, and all the women were around talking and doing different things. And guess what? There was a woman down on the floor. And she was scrubbing the floors and washing the floors and just working away while all the others weren't doing much. Right, Mike? And Mike says, that's the pick of the litter for me. <laughs> the rest is history. He married her. He's got Jessica and Heather. It all started with a person sacrificing their effort. You know, and God asks us sometimes to sacrifice our effort. And when we're willing to do it, it's a tremendous thing. It really is. You know, who's also a real blessing is his brother. You know, Jim Hyde, I don't know how many know him. Jim Hyde's a deacon in our church. And he sacrifices so much of his time to serve the Lord in this church. He basically is... Over, he's a custodian of the church is what he does. Anything needs to be fixed, Jim takes care of it or gets somebody to take care of it. And it's a big job. It wasn't so big in the Veterans Hall or the Grange Hall where we used to meet or Ryan Industrial. We didn't really have much there. But this is a big church and it's a big job and he does it for the Lord and he sacrifices so much of his time and effort. And you know who else who sacrifices? Kathy. There have been so many times where she has 
seen Jim get up and he's had to go to the church to be here for some reason, she has never complained. She has never said anything. She is thankful for her godly husband who sacrifices for the Lord. And that's the way God wants us all to be. A willing spirit. To sacrifice for Him. To give our time, to give our effort for the Savior. And you know, when you do something to serve someone else, Jesus said this, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. So anything you do for a fellow believer in Christ, as small as it might be or as big as it might be, you're doing it unto Jesus. So that should really change our whole perspective on how we serve and how we sacrifice if we realize we're doing it for Christ himself. Wow, that is a challenge. And that should be an encouragement to us as well. Yes, the Lord says, sacrifice your efforts for me. You know, recently, the Lord really burdened my heart over the years, I've always tried to pray every week for everybody in the church. And I'd split it up. I'd have certain people I'd pray for in the morning and the evening. And I'd pray through the week and I'd cover everybody. But the Lord says, Dean, I want you to pray for everybody every day. And I said, but Lord, it takes so long. It really does. Because I don't like to just pray a, a name where you mention a name. I pray for Ed. I pray for Vicky. I pray for Cameron. I pray for them as specifically as I know their needs. So it does. It takes me a long time. But guess what? I've got time to do it. And I was the one who was saying, but Lord, I'm so busy. I got in the morning. I get up already at 4.15 and it takes me a long time. Do it. And I did it. And I sacrificed my time and my effort on this. And I am so blessed. I can't believe how incredible it is. But it's a commitment to sacrifice. And that's what the Lord really wants us to do. And you know, when we ask us to do something and it's not easy, and we have a good attitude and a thankful spirit, He'll make it go so fast. He really will. But if you have a bad attitude, if you have a grumpy attitude, it's very bad. Remember those seven dwarfs? Okay, seven dwarfs. We were just talking about this at work the other day because this lady says this man's grumpy over here. <laughs> grumpy. You know, the Lord doesn't want a disciple who's grumpy. He wants a joyful Disciple, Because when people see that we do things that are difficult and hard and not easy and pleasant, and we do it with a good spirit, that can bring them to Christ. It really can. It can challenge their lives. So may the Lord encourage us to do that. But whether it's prayer or service or anything, it's going to take hard work and effort. I don't know about you, but prayer is hard work. It really is hard work to get down and pray consistently every day. The devil doesn't want you to do it. He wants to get, give you telephone calls to interrupt you. He wants to give kids that are crying to interrupt you. He wants to have people uh, do things to disturb you. But if you have a commitment to sacrifice your time and you make it a commitment, he'll work it out for you to, to, to pray like this. And it's a sacrifice, but it's a blessing. The Apostle Paul said it very well, too, when he said, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for we shall reap if we faint not. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to the household of faith. You know, one day when we get to heaven, we won't have an opportunity anymore to sacrifice. We won't have an opportunity to serve in heaven. I mean, we will, but not like we do here. And so when we have the opportunities now, we should use them. And we should say, Lord, no, no sacrifice for you is too great. No sacrifice for you is too great. But sometimes what you have to do is you have to say, Lord, make me a selfless servant so that I can sacrifice for your service. 
You know, the early Christians, what they used to do, they were very generous and they used to give of themselves completely to the service of the Lord. But we should be no different today. We really shouldn't. We should give everything to the Lord. So not only is it important for us to sacrifice our time and sacrifice our effort, but it's also important for us to sacrifice our money. And some people will say, okay, stop there, Dean. Don't talk about that subject. And there's a lot of people that say, no, that's, that's too heavy, uh, too convicting, too uncomfortable for us. But it shouldn't be. Because why should it be such a great sacrifice to give of our money to the Lord's work? Why should it be? Because one word, self, gets in the way. S-E-L-F gets in the way. We want things for ourselves and we think if we can hold on to them, we're going to have them. But guess what? It'll be like a purse with holes in it. If you hold on to your money and don't give it to the Lord, what's going to happen is it's like a purse with holes in it. It's all going to fall through. And then you're going to say, what happened to it? But the person who gives to the Lord generously, gives his tithe and even beyond his tithe, is going to be blessed. Not only in spiritual things, but can be blessed also financially and materially. We can never outgive the Lord. We really can't. We found it true over the years. It has been and it always will be. And what surprises me is under the old covenant of, of the law, they gave 10%. What about the new covenant of grace? Should we not give at least as much or more than that? Those of us who've been saved by the grace of God, we really should. And it, uh, it is a challenge to us. I found a verse in Scripture in 2 Corinthians that is so challenging. The early Christians gave whenever there was a need, they gave. And there was a group of Christians in Macedonia that put the others really to shame. The Apostle Paul said about them this. He says, in a great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. I thought about that. These Christians were not rich Christians. You know, it's one thing if you have rich people and they give and you think, well, that's great. But what about... Ordinary, average Christians, even below average. These people, what? Were in poverty. They were not rich at all by any stretch. And it says they gave according to their ability and beyond their ability to minister to the saints. That really challenged me. And then I talk about that widow who went to the temple to give her offerings, remember? And all the rich people were coming and they were putting in Dollars, bill, you know, think of it in our currency. Some were putting in, you know, dollar bills, five dollar bills, ten dollar bills, twenties, fifties, hundreds, on up. But this little widow, she had two little copper coins and they were called mites. They were worth like a penny. And she took them and she put them in the temple treasury. She probably, I don't know if she was embarrassed, but she went up and she put them in. And the others were probably laughing and showing off and look what I gave today and all that. And she went up very humbly and put them in and walked away. But guess who, who noticed her? Did the people notice her? No. Jesus noticed her. Because he saw that she gave these two little mites. And he says, this woman has put in more than all of them and probably more than all of them put together. And they probably said, well, how could that be? She just put in two little mites because she gave all that she had to live on. Now, I'm not advocating you take your whole salary and put it in the offering. No, that's not what it's about. We should give our lives to Christ. 
But our attitude should be like that. We should be willing to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, burden my heart. Burden my heart. And that's what he wants us to do. Paul said later on in first Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, So let each one give as his purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I ask myself, am I a cheerful giver? When I'm writing out that check on Sunday morning or you prepare it maybe the morning or evening before, whatever, am I writing it out joyfully for the Lord? You know, it's really been a blessing since I've been doing the, the treasury on Sunday. I am so encouraged and I am so thankful because the Lord has not only given us this beautiful building, but he's given us people in it. And that's really what the church is, who have a willing spirit, have a sacrificial spirit and give of everything, time, effort and money. And it is a great blessing. There was a man named Charles Sweeting, who's a famous author that says the Bible is very clear on the point that if we have money enough to live well and do not share it with others in need, it is questionable whether the love of God is in us at all. That is convicting. But that's right from First John, you know, first book of John. That's what he says. How can the love of God dwell in us if we see somebody in need and turn our back on that person? So may the Lord encourage us to give as much as we can and to do it with a good heart. You know, there's a hymn, hymn that was very... Uh, Bill mentions it sometimes, controversial, shall we say. And a lot of churches don't like to sing that verse of it, but it's called, Take My Life and Let It Be. And one of the verses in that hymn says, Take my silver and my gold, not a mite, there's that mite again, not a mite would I withhold. See, people got so convicted by that, they said, could we maybe take that verse out of that song? Or maybe let's not sing that song today. Too convicting, but it is, it is a challenge. But may the Lord help us to be willing to say, Lord, you've given me everything. It's not a great sacrifice, but let me sacrifice everything to you. My time, my effort, and my money. It's a simple message, but it's a challenging one for all of us. It really convicted me. Lord, I want to be willing to be a servant, a sacrificial, selfless servant, that whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it for you. And I'm going to do it with all my heart, not complaining, not grudgingly, but willingly and freely. You know, right now in the, the baseball playoffs are going on. And one thing about baseball is it relates to life. It really does. If you think about all the analogies in baseball, it relates to life. Well, one of them that really relates to sacrifice is when a batter is up to the plate to hit. I'm going to explain this as simply as I can for you people, ladies and others that don't know that much about baseball. The batter is up. Now, what does the batter want to do? He wants to hit the ball, get on base. But there's already a runner at first base. You're one run behind. You need to score that runner at first base. So what is your job? The coach says to you, Dean, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to bunt. I want you to just hit the ball out there between the pitcher's mound and first base so that that runner can go safely to second base. And you might say, but coach, I'm a 300 hitter. I've hit 45 home runs. I've knocked in 132 runs. Why can't I swing away, Lord? Lord, or the Lord is our coach, right? <clears throat> coach, why can't I swing away? Rick Punzo, you are to bunt today. All right? So he lays down that beautiful bunt. They field the ball. They throw to first base. Rick is out. But Alan 
his former roommate, has moved up to second base, which brings up Vince to the plate who hits the ball, base hit, Rick scores. They've done something. What did they do? One person sacrificed for the good of the team. And that's what sacrificing for the Lord is all about. We give up something to make everything better for someone else. We, we sacrifice our time, our effort, our money so that others can get saved and others can, can get blessed and taught in the Lord. And if you're here today and you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, realize this. Jesus is the supreme example of a sacrifice. He came all the way down from heaven to where we live. He became a man and he was a humble humble man, a humble servant, and he went to the cross and sacrificed his life for you and I. And by his death on the cross, we can have eternal life if we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Jesus said to the Father, it's not too great a sacrifice, Father. I'm going to go. I know I'm going to have to suffer. I know I'm going to have to bleed. I'm going to have to die, but I'm willing to sacrifice that so that they can be saved. There's people over there in Danville that need to be saved. There's people over in in Italy that need to be saved. There's people over in Africa and all through the world that need to be saved. And he says, I'm willing to sacrifice myself. And you can accept Christ today and you can begin that journey right now if you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. So may we open, when we close, shall we say, in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to encourage us today. Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you with thankful hearts today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to sacrifice so much for us in dying on that cross. And they were humiliating you, Lord. They were spitting on you. They were reviling you. And yet you humbly took it. You knew that the higher purpose was to sacrifice yourself so that we might be saved. Lord, you could have come down from that cross. You could have destroyed them. You could have destroyed the whole world at that point. But Lord, you knew that that sacrifice needed to be made for us to be saved and to be saved eternally. And we pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know the Savior, that they'll come to know him today and realize the great sacrifice he made for them. And Lord, as Christians, we just pray that you'll help us to be willing to sacrifice, even when it's difficult, even when it's not convenient, even when it's tough. Lord, help us to do everything we can to serve you and to realize our days on earth are short and the time will soon be up and we want to use every bit of it for your glory. We ask your blessing now and commit this day to you in Jesus' name.